Lord's Day 5 teaches us that we ourselves will never be able to pay for the sins we have committed. By our sin, we have created and continue to create an enormous debt which we never be able to pay. And we also saw that for two reasons, there is nowhere among all God's creatures anyone who can take our place and is able to pay our debt for us. And the first reason for that is that God is just. And so he will not punish any other creature for the sins that we as human beings have committed. And the second reason is that God is eternal. And therefore, his wrath over our sins is eternal too. And there is simply no creature anywhere. Because all creatures are temporal, that they're able to satisfy God's eternal wrath. The temporal can never satisfy the eternal. And we were taught, also in Lord's Day 5, that since we ourselves cannot pay for our sins, and since God is just, that, and, he, uh, and he will not punish any other creature for, the, for our sins, that the mediator we must seek need to be a true and a righteous man, and at the same time, true God. That's what we all learned from Lord's Day 5. Now, it's true that our Lord's Day of this afternoon continues with the next two questions to explain to us why this mediator has to be true God and at the same time true and righteous man. But the central question of this Lord's Day 6 is the, the, the third one, question 18. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and Right, true righteous man. And that is exactly this question. That's our theme for this afternoon. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and true righteous man? And then we will see that this question rises from our impossibility and also that this question finds its answer in God. You see, in a certain way you could say that this question 18, the question itself, is in a way a, a, a moving, an emotional question. We need a mediator who is both God and man, but... This, this little word, but, that the question begins, this little word, but, points to our total impossibility from our side to ever find such a mediator. If the mediator we need is to be true and righteous man and true God at the same time, then we will never be able to come up with one. So here, all of humanity, with all its resourcefulness, with all its ingenuity, arrives at a total impossibility. And there we have it. But, who is that mediator? Now, we all know, of course, that God did provide a mediator. And we saw this already 
in the previous Lord's Day, Lord's Day 5. Let us go to take a close look at that total impossibility of all of humanity in providing or ever finding the mediator we must seek apart from God. And to do this, to, to pay closer attention to it, we'll back up to question and answer 16. Why must he, this mediator, be true and righteous man? The answer, he must be true man because the justice of God requires that the same human nature which has sinned should pay for sin. God is just. We sinful we sinful people and no one else must pay. But we know already that it, through human being, is only a mere creature, a temporal being, and therefore cannot bear the burden of God's eternal wrath. And the second impossibility from our side is that this human being must be a righteous man true righteous man. You see, and with this righteousness is not meant the righteousness that comes by faith for Jesus' sake. Now, the righteousness that is meant here is, is the righteousness of not being conceived and born in sin. It is the righteousness of living a life of perfectly keeping all of God's commandments Perfectly out of love of God. Love for God. That's righteousness. That's the righteousness that's meant. Now we can very carefully search the whole Bible history and, and also the church history and look at every saint, look at the people that were called God's friends, look at someone who is called a man after God's own heart, we can look at men who died cruel martyrs' deaths while singing praises to God, but all these men and all those women would have been the first ones to admit that they themselves are sinners in need of that mediator that we must seek. And that therefore they were never able to pay for their own sin, let alone for the sin of others. You see, only... Such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. That's what we need. And there is found among all of humanity of the past and the present, no one like this. So already here, humanity has without God no answer at all to that question of Question 18, already here is only impossibility and without the gospel, only despair and dismay. And then we turn to question and answer 17. Why must he be at the same time, why must he at the same time be through God? <clears throat> so just in case, anyone may find a true and a righteous man, which no one can, but just for argument's sake, then this true and righteous man cannot possibly be true God at the same time. 
Not a mokban. She the mediator we must seek must need must not be somewhat divine. No. He must be truly, totally God. He must be almighty, able to create things out of nothing. He must be infinite, holding the whole universe and heaven and earth in his hand. He must be eternal, without beginning and without end. He must be unchangeable, like the same yesterday, today, and forever. He must be true God, says our answer, so that by the power of his divine, his godly nature, he is able to bear in his human nature the burden of God's eternal wrath and so obtain and restore to us righteousness and life. <coughs> That's the mediator we must seek. Now, if anywhere, then here things become absolutely, totally impossible for us human beings. But here is it. Our Lord Jesus Christ once said that what is impossible by man is possible by God. And he himself was, of course, the greatest proof of this. God made it possible for God so loved the world. And we must never cease to praise him for his awesome and infinite love. Brothers and sisters, just imagine for a moment that love. Just imagine for a moment that people would assault you in the worst and the cruelest and the most devastating way possible. And that these people would ceaselessly continue to corrupt and to defile and to destroy whatever is dear to you. And given a chance, they would utterly destroy you. Now, try to imagine people like that. And then would you ever think of giving your beloved child to suffer and to be killed by those same people in order to be reconciled to those people? Would you? Knowing that this would mean that you yourself would have to condemn your own child, that you yourself would have to forsake it while it cries out to you in the deepest agony, would you think that there ever has been or ever will be any human being who would even for one second contemplate this? So here it is again, our impossibility. Any positive answer to the question, but who is that mediator is from our side just inconceivable. The way to reconciliation with God is from our side totally impossible. And that while we need a mediator to reconcile us to God more than we need anything else that we can think of. So, there is nothing left but to ask, but, but who is that mediator? 
who at the same time is true God and true and righteous man. But since it is impossible from our side, who is that mediator? And so if you all agree that from our side we cannot ever provide such a mediator to reconcile us to God, then we should totally stop with any attempt to in any way make up for our own sins. We should stop any attempt for ourselves to be the such a mediator. Then we must confess it to be true that even our best works, our greatest sacrifices, our most pious way of living, our greatest zeal and activities for the church, our most generous giving in the collection bag, our most fervent prayers, the prayers of a thousand saints, the rivers of tears of regret, they do not bring us an inch closer to peace with God. None of it will ever pay for one sin. And so then the only thing that's left is that we just continue to seek an answer to that question. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and true and righteous man? It is a question that, as we now have seen, emerges from our impossibility. But thank to God, it is a question that finds its answer in God. That's what we look at in our second point. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and true righteous man? And the answer, our Lord Jesus Christ, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Now you might think by yourself, I know that. I know that Jesus Christ is a mediator. I have heard this already so many times. For, for, for most of us here, I have heard it all my life long. And that is so truly wonderful. But I hope then that you're not saying this because you're so used to hearing it. It, it, it actually has become old news to you. And, and, and that actually it would be nice to hear something more exciting, more profound. We like profound. I hope and pray that this will never happen to any of us. The fact that Jesus Christ is our mediator is infinitely special. And we could not show a deeper unthankfulness to, to our God than by getting used to it. And by taking it as old news, as a fact for granted, because it is the absolute greatest gift of love of an infinite and holy God to sinful man. Really. And if somehow this fact has become somewhat old news to you, then just right away, humbly pray and ask the Holy Spirit to deliver you from that demon. Because of what it is. It's a great gift. In, in, in Psalm 115, verse 16, 
We read, the, high of the, the highest heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to man. Well, there's a great and an awesome gift, but it pales in comparison with the gift of the mediator God gave to us in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a miracle of God's grace flowing from the infinite love of an eternal God, who a God who demands satisfaction for our rebellion, for our sins, and then provides this satisfaction himself by giving his only beloved son as a mediator we must seek. It's the mediator we must cherish. It's the mediator we must worship and we must serve. And then it says in our, in our answer that the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Lord Jesus Christ, that God made him our wisdom. You see, when God created us, we had that perfect understanding about God himself. God required that, but he made us, he gave us that understanding. He gave us a perfect understanding about everything that he had created. He gave us a perfect understanding of ourselves. A perfect understanding of what our relationship to him would be. And God could rightly demand that from our first parents because he had created them that way. And, and we lost it because of our sins. Now God provided that mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is our wisdom. He has everything that we miss. Every bit of wisdom, every bit of understanding. He has it, but he has it for us. And not only is the Lord Jesus Christ is our wisdom, but he also teaches us wisdom. He teaches us awesome wisdom. We who continue to confess that we with body and soul both in life and in death belong to heaven, learned from him that the wisdom of the world is foolishness. Now, talking about profound. We like profound. There is it. He told us that the light of this world is darkness. And that the world's mercies are cruel. Well, that's true wisdom. We, we don't have that for our own, of our own. We, we have learned from him that it's better to have a little with the fear of God than great wealth in turmoil. Look out in the world how many people have that wisdom. And he has taught you. We have learned that our soul, the, the value of our soul is infinitely more than the value of the whole world. We are learning from him that with all our worrying and striving, we cannot add a single hour to our lives, but that our heavenly father cares and provides for us. That too is true wisdom. We have learned from the Lord Jesus Christ that he, indifferent 
The doge in the world is a master who is gentle and humble of heart and that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light. He has taught us that God is our father and that he loves us. Just in case we really like profound. So we have gained from him wisdom that truly makes the wisdom of the world look foolish. And how have we learned this? We have learned it from our Lord Jesus Christ, whom God made our wisdom. God made him also our righteousness. As long as we are here in this world, we, we just don't have it. We, we don't have any righteousness of ourselves. We, we confess it. Our best works are defiled with sin. We daily increase our debt. That's our confession. But Christ came in this world, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and so he did not inherit the sinful nature of an earthly father like, like we did. So conceived and born in righteousness, he then fulfilled all the obedience God demands from us, and he fulfilled it in our behalf, and he took our sins to the cross. And now upon our faith in this glorious mediator, God counts Christ's righteousness to us. Christ, God made him our righteousness. God also made him our sanctification. He is already perfectly holy, always was, always remained will always be that way. But he is that also on our behalf. And he has promised us that we will become pure and holy and righteous and good. And by his Holy Spirit, he already now has begun to make us that way. But one day, whatever still will be unholy with us will be Jesus in the blink of an eye, we shall be like him. And when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father looks upon us in him, we are as holy as Christ is. Now that takes faith to believe that. If you just look at your life every day, how you fail in doing the good works you know you need to do. Now you trip up every time in doing things that, that we shouldn't. And don't and, and believe that God looks upon you as if you're as holy as Christ. That takes faith. That's the Christian faith. That's what we mean when we, when we confess that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says that God also made him our redemption. That's how the answer concludes. And the Greek word, which in the Bible is translated with the word redemption, was used especially for the redemption, for the buying free of slaves. In the Bible, in the, in the times of the Bible, you could become a slave of someone to whom you owed a financial debt, which you was not able to pay back. Then you could become the slave of such person. But when then a relative or a friend 
would take pity and he would pay off your debt. And so in this way, he redeemed you in that way from the slavery. He set you free. And that's what God did. He made the Lord Jesus Christ our redemption. Our delivery from the debt we owe to God because of our sin. That's why it says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was the price. But God needed to pay for our redemption. His only begotten son. And on God the Son, he came voluntarily and he paid the price for our freedom. He bought us free by giving himself up, by dying our death, by suffering our curse, and by bearing the burden of God's eternal wrath. So he is our great mediator. He is our beautiful savior. He is our king. He is the son of God and the son of man. And to him be the glory and the praise and the adoration now and forevermore. God gave us the mediator who is truly God. A true and righteous man. And that is the gospel. And just so we would never forget it. God has given us this gospel black and white in the Holy Scriptures. That's where the last question of this Lord's Day is about. He's given it for that reason, so that we would never forget it. So we can time and again read again the good news. And again, may God forbid that it would for any of us ever be old news. What would we be without the gospel? What would we know? It is the scriptures, the holy gospel, as question 19 calls it, testifies about him. From Genesis to Revelation, everything points to him. To answer that question, but who is that mediator that we must seek? What a great privilege that we may have that holy gospel and that we may freely read it. What an awesome blessing that we may hear the holy gospel preached every Sunday again. And what a tremendous comfort that the Holy Spirit uses that gospel, the Bible, as a means to make you grow more and more in the likeness of your Savior and your God. Through that gospel preached, and also when we read it by ourselves, Christ continues every day to be our wisdom, to be our righteousness, to be our sanctification, and to be our redemption. So one more time. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and true a righteous man? And we have seen it. It is a question that emerges from our impossibility. We praise to God. We found the answer. We found the mediator in him. And him, our mediator, we cherish every day and, and we give thanks to him. We give thanks to him for he let himself be found by us. 
And we pray him for a humble heart, lest we get used to that message and it becomes old news to us. Amen.